Welcome to Stock Markets with KR, a podcast where I share my journey of the financial markets and my analysis and insights. So I'm glad to see you here and let's get started. Ever since I got involved in the markets full time, I became the go-to guy for finance info for all my friends. And one of the most asked questions that I got was what to invest in. Now, being someone who isn't registered with SEBI or NSE or any other body, I can't legally give advice or recommendations, but I do try to help, you know, understand what avenues there are to invest. And, you know, typically I just give them uh, my views on what their position is, depending on what they've asked me. But lately I felt an increasing number of people wanted to explore investing and rightfully so, you know, it's a great thing to do. So I thought I'd share my two cents on the different asset classes there are, why they are important, why people use them, etc. All of that. And I'll also include a couple of questions uh, that I received from my Instagram and from the Discord server. So before we begin, please understand that all investments are subject to market risks. So, you know, you have to understand what you're putting your money into before investing Uh, Just do your due diligence, your research and do your own detective work. What I say here is purely for educational purposes and to give you some information. With that, let's begin. The first thing that comes to people's minds when you talk about investing are stocks. Now from Rakesh Junjunwala to Warren Buffet, these famous investors have made stocks synonymous with amassing massive, massive wealth. But the reality of the markets is a bit different. You know, in general, good companies do appreciate in the long run and uh, it can yield you results. For instance, an interesting method of investing that many people actually follow is to buy shares of companies that make your favorite products or your big or your big fan of. For instance, uh, Maggie is a household name at this point and Nestle, the maker of Maggie, the company behind Maggie, is listed in India. You know, you can join the dots. Another example is 3M. 3M makes some incredible car care products. And if you use them, if you're a fan of them, then you can look into 3M. And uh, in the past, both Nestle and 3M have given decent returns. Of course, that's not indicative of what may happen in the future. But this is just another way that you can look into of, you know, investing and, you know, choosing the right stock for you. And uh, that that actually brings me on to the biggest problem with investing, and that is the effort and the, the risk despite the effort that you take. So the thing is, many people just can't digest the fact that it can take you weeks or even days, you know, days or even weeks to select the right stock to invest in. And even after all that effort, there's still a good chance that your pick ends up being wrong. And that's just how equities work. For instance... When the COVID dip first happened, many new investors were terrified due to their investments eroding by 30 to 40%, mine included, and I'm sure everyone's there, there's there's no perfect investor out there. And all that happened practically overnight. Many people forced and sold all all their holdings. Many continued and just added and accumulated uh, their holdings, added to their holdings and, you know, bought more. And those are two distinct approaches, of course. If you fall in the first category where you just don't have the patience, then I'm afraid you need to uh, develop that skill, develop that patience. 
and then you can possibly venture into equities more because making good returns with stocks is, is possible. Many have done it and many will continue doing it. But it requires discipline, patience and skill. And this honestly holds true regardless of what stock you pick, regardless of whether you talk about Indian markets or US stocks. So uh, that's what you have to keep in mind. Next, I want to talk about a relatively newer asset class and they are called thematic investments or new age investments. You might have uh, you know, heard the name being thrown around here and there. And they are very similar to MFs in terms of how easy they are to purchase and uh, you know how hassle-free the entire experience is. You, know, you don't have to physically track anything. Uh, some expert does it for you. But the way that they differ from these MFs is that their core philosophy of sorts is to build upon where MFs typically fall short on. For instance, you know, MFs typically have these very set rules and set um, sort of frameworks that they have to abide by, asset allocations and such. For instance, equity funds can't really, uh, you know, do anything else and debt funds cannot have equity exposure. Similarly, large cap funds, mid cap funds and guilt funds, and you've just got a ton of different funds and they all have a very specific purpose. You cannot deviate from that. Now, for many people, that's a good thing. But the bad part comes in when you don't have that additional flexibility. So in order to get that additional flexibility, these uh, these thematic investments came to life. And how they work is you get access to different baskets of securities. You know, for instance, you've got certain industry specific securities or industry specific baskets where you can say, let's say you want exposure to the auto sector, pharma sector and tech sector. You can choose you can choose baskets that are specific to those sectors. So you get exposure to those. Let's say you want an even different approach. You want to take a risk based approach where you only want to take, let's say, a certain amount of risks, let's say 10% risk, and that's a reasonable amount, I'd say. You can invest in a basket which is, you know, at that risk level. So you, you don't exceed the, the amount of risk you want to uh, take. And that's honestly a great thing. That is something MFs can never really offer because of how fundamentally flawed they are to begin with. And that's what, you know, these thematic investments aim to solve. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, honestly. There's a lot more that, that can happen. And in terms of, you know, that, that's all theory. In terms of practical stuff, many people I know, including myself, have tried uh, these thematic investments. And uh, it does work. It's, it's not like it doesn't work. Uh, you have to be smart with what you want to get into. You either just choose something which is proven, which some expert is handling, and you go with that. Or if you think you know what industry might do well, you can go with that. But the the things that you can do, the permutations and combinations of getting into these uh, thematic investments are effectively endless because of how much flexibility they offer. Again, I'm using that word a lot, but that's all these thematic investments are about. You know, the core philosophy here is flexibility and uh, just building on what is already sort of almost redundant at this point. So... Uh, that is what thematic investments are. Again, they are based on themes and they are based on certain inherent qualities which are different than just multi-cap funds and mid-cap funds and debt funds. You know, you've got ETFs in one basket with certain stocks, with certain other 
assets and it all sort of you know becomes a uh, becomes a good mix which is uh, supposed to you know at least on paper in theory perform much better than an equivalent alternative investment so that is what they are now coming to who actually offers these thematic investments now given that they are this new there aren't a lot of players around especially when you talk about trusted players because let's be honest we don't want to lose money that's the last thing that we want to do so uh, you know I was, I was doing some research of course i can't just come here without doing any research so i was doing some research and i came across two platforms uh first one is tax by stockle and uh, they are basically an international investing geared towards international markets uh thematic investment plan and that's good if you want exposure to tesla and apple and all sorts of fancy stocks so that's how it is that's that's an opportunity that you could explore this one is perhaps my favorite investment class and the amount of investments the amount of assets that you can categorize under this is vast and you know right from gold to exotic cars and watches and even pieces of art it includes everything and what i'm talking about here are physical tangible assets now the good thing about these is that the assets are real and in many cases you can gain non-monetary returns from these for instance you know when you're wearing your gold you're wearing your gold it gives you pleasure when you're driving a car that that's hopefully going to appreciate you are driving that car you're you're you are experiencing it even when you look at it in your garage you are experiencing something and same thing goes for watches or even art pieces expensive art pieces and you know not only is this asset tangible but it's also something that could give you a lot more than just returns and that's what we spoke about that satisfaction which is something which is extremely vital uh, and you know a lot of people prefer these kind of assets purely because it gives them satisfaction and because it's tangible it feels more real to them because you can hold it in your hand now the downside of these classes of investments or rather these type of assets are that except for gold most of the other physical assets aren't very liquid the market just isn't there and you know whatever market is there is mainly controlled by brokers and by people who are at least semi-educated and aware about those uh, those assets for instance property prices are of course largely influenced by brokers and so on so are watch prices so are car prices and all these things make for great investments only if you know about that area for instance if you don't know anything about cars or watches you can't really make money buying or buying cars or buying watches so that's something that you need to keep in mind and that makes this sort of asset only reserved for people who are at least semi-informed about what kind of a decision that they can take the next asset class or investment avenue that i wanted to talk about here is something that we are all familiar with whether it's the adverts that we see on tv or the one that we see on bst buses it is everywhere and that is mutual funds sahi hai but the real question we should be asking is kya mutual funds sahi and the answer to that is a solid it depends now let me explain the returns you will get hopefully you will get in a mutual fund entirely depend on the type of fund that you choose 
you know some funds and some fund houses you know like the brand of the mf like uh, franklin templeton and kotak and so on have a history of ripping off investors and i don't mean to refer to franklin or kotak you know i don't want to associate them with ripping anyone off i'm not naming names here but many amcs or many asset management companies or fund houses have a history of ripping investors off and that's just the unfortunate t- truth and uh, you know when you're when you're picking an mf what you need to keep in mind are the fund managers track records for instance if a fund manager has been associated with that amc or with that fund for a long time then it's possibly going to be a stable a good fund especially if it's had a history of good returns and consistent returns so it could potentially become a better investment for you another example you know another part of mutual funds are called etfs and etfs are very common they are exchange traded funds basically mutual funds that are traded on the stock market and the simplest and the most common example i can give is of nifty e's and nifty e's or nifty b's is uh, basically nifty's etf and it's a passive mutual fund where it tracks the movements and it matches the movements of nifty 50 and what that means is if nifty is going up which means the broad market is going up that means your investment is also going up and uh, there are many many ardent fans and ardent believers of passively managed mutual funds because the the management fees and the expenses that you end up paying are lower what that means is that you end up getting hopefully better returns and of course you know the type of fund that you choose and the the fund house that you choose has a massive difference and it can really change and can really transform your portfolio so again this is a decision that you have to take yourself you need to understand uh, is is uh, is an actively managed fund better for me is a passively managed fund better for me and which fund is actually going to you know hopefully give me good returns and again all that takes time all that takes some effort and in the end hopefully it'll all it'll all be worth it finally i wanted to talk about crypto and honestly this episode would not be complete without talking about the 21st century's hottest investment avenue and now i personally know little about crypto i've not traded crypto i don't invest in crypto i'll be very honest with you i was offered an opportunity where uh, i could work with someone from the bitcoin foundation and uh, the reason why i did not go ahead with it is because it is just uh, a very gray area to me and legally speaking india is of course not really very open about crypto and bitcoin so it did not make sense to me and that is the same reason why i haven't invested or traded in crypto i know a couple of people who have i know a couple of people who have made tremendous gains with crypto but again that risk is just not worth it so uh by the way there are ways where you can invest in crypto in india but i'm not here to talk about those uh to be very you know precise with you i'm just here to talk about crypto as an investment avenue now there is scope to make good returns in crypto of course there is but the risk that you have you know the kind of money that you can lose potentially is just too high and plus the legal hassles are just just a pain so i personally avoid crypto but it's definitely something which is there it has definitely given tremendous returns for many 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 people so i can't deny that 
but at the same time it's just not for me it might be for you that's something that you can always check coming to the q a so the first question i got is what are REITs and how can i invest in the global markets now the first to answer the first part of this the simplest way to think of a REIT is to imagine a mutual fund but with income producing properties or income producing uh, you know real estate instead of stocks and that's really all there is to it at least from you know an investor's point of view it's great if you suck at uh, you know picking out good rental properties and want good real estate exposure and you don't have the cash to buy a proper property but at the same time the risk is slightly higher plus the returns again they are going to be more long term because real estate in general is more of a long term thing so the returns generally vary between around 6 to 7% to even double that but there is of course that risk element which is something which is just does not sit well with me if i'm personally going to invest in real estate i'd rather do it where i am the one calling the shots rather than you know just giving my money to someone of course they are going to be professionals they are they do know their stuff but again if it's if it's real estate i'd rather just do it myself and uh, that's the reason why i personally don't have any exposure in reits but if you want exposure if if you're comfortable with reits they they definitely can be a great way in fact reits have recently gained traction because of that uh, ipo that happened of that reit so you know definitely uh, a decent thing to look into if you want that kind of exposure if you don't then you know there really isn't any requirement per se to to look into these and uh, to answer the second part of this question i have answered that in uh, the previous episode where i spoke about international investing in general and uh, yeah i mean there are plenty of platforms where you can just create an account and it's going to be seamless uh, at least now is what everyone claims but uh, you know you, you just have to make sure that you're going with a trusted platform because there are a lot of phonies out there and the last thing that you want to do is get caught between uh, between platforms so just go with some reputed ones uh again stockle that we mentioned in the in the thematic one is is also having like these international investing accounts you can look into them just do your due diligence make sure that you go through their website thoroughly make sure that you see all their disclosures and such and make sure that the reports that they give you, give you are proper if that is all in place you're golden now the second question is actually about crypto and it's something that we partially answered and it is is crypto legal in india now as i said it is a gray area according to someone from the bitcoin foundation there is a way where you can legally invest and hold cryptocurrencies in india specifically bitcoin but there are of course levels of complexities to it and while all of it is legal or at least supposed to be legal from what i know that level of compliance and that level of potential hassle is just not something that i personally want to put up with which is why i do not recommend it uh, not that i can anyway because again not registered with sebi but i don't recommend anyone to just get into crypto again you have to know your stuff you have to know why you're doing it before just jumping right into it so i hope that this helps clear things up that's it for this one and there are tons of great investment avenues out there what really matters and what should matter to you is what is the right one for you now 
I personally have exposure in only stocks and mutual funds because that's what personally works for me. In the future, maybe that will change. Maybe I'll have real estate. Maybe I'll have international investing and, you know, whatnot. But for now, this is what I do. Uh, what you want to do depends on your risk appetite, depends on what you're good at, depends on what you're comfortable with. So, you know, again, there in, in finance in general, there's never going to be a one-size-fits-all answer. It is always, you know, it's always custom-made. And that customization is something you have to figure out. Even a financial advisor is only going to tell you a set amount of things. Ultimately, it's you who needs to understand your goals, your objectives, the kind of risk that you are going to be comfortable with, not physically, but emotionally as well. And uh, that's that's how you can take it forward. Again, these investment avenues are just a few of the major ones. Of course, there are many others that are available, available mostly to UHNIs though. Uh, but these are some that you can look into. And uh, if it feels right for you, you should invest again. Investing is always a good thing. Even if you're wrong while investing, you still invest and you still started your journey, which is all that matters. Uh, you know, one step ahead, then, then the rest of the curve is always good. Anyway, though, that's it for this one. I hope you found this helpful and informative. That's it for this one. See you in the next.